Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. Odds are, if you know Sarah Snook, it's for her part on Succession. Sarah plays Siobhan Roy. To her friends and family, Shiv. Shiv, like what you'd stick into an enemy's back. Succession is about the Roy family. They own a giant conservative media conglomerate called Waystar Royco. The family's patriarch, Logan Roy, is getting older. He can't run the company forever. So, who will take over? And what is that person willing to do for the job? Or will Logan just, you know, blow the whole thing up out of spite? Like all the characters on Succession, Shiv's complicated. She's cunning, fragile, selfish, vulnerable, principled, not too principled. Sometimes she sits above the fray, letting her brothers squabble over the family business. Other times, she's right in the thick of the fight. Snook has won a Golden Globe for her role as Shiv. She's also earned a few Emmy nominations. Our correspondent, Linda Holmes, who's the terrific host of NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour, talked with Sarah in 2020 about what it's like to play one of the most fascinating, complex, confounding characters on TV today. Let's listen to a clip from Succession. Like I said earlier, Shiv spends most of the first season kind of above the fray, distancing herself from the company. But then at the beginning of season two, her dad offers her the top job. Let's listen. Dad, I don't think so. Really? Because if there's really no hope of you coming in, I'd rather cash out. Look, if this is the way that we're having this conversation anyway, then yeah, fine. So. Fine. I'll do it. Right now. I'll tweet, the market's a move, and that'll be that. You don't care if I sell? Yes. Sarah Snook, welcome to Bullseye. (laughs) Hi, thanks for having me. What a great clip. I want to come back to that scene in a little bit, but I want to just to to take a moment for people who are currently uh, shocked to find out that you are Australian and in Australia. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I get it, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, maybe the rest of the cast for your next season can just come to you, and it can be the it can be the Australian season. They'll go to yeah. a big ranch. It'll yeah. be an American television version of Australia, so it'll have all the koalas and kangaroos and yeah, all that good and stuff. all like every Australian actor in it completely, like just as a random person at the cafe, like Margot Robbie just lives down there and Russell Crowe is the owner of the ranch and they're all mates. Well, let's talk a little bit about Shiv. Did you go through, uh, for people who aren't familiar with Shiv, her name is Siobhan, but she's always called Shiv, except perhaps by her father, (laughs) named after a knife, which is not terribly subtle, but great, (laughs) I think, personally. Yeah. Yeah. When we first got together doing the pilot, we were like, we were like, uh, oh wow, we didn't realize it's like Roman Shiv Connor, yeah, Con Connor Shiv Siobhan, uh, Roman, you know, that's like angry, but then and Kendall like Kendall Kendall Ken, oh knowledge like wisdom. <laughs> I don't know if that was on purpose, but it's a great it's a great set of names. Did you did you go through a, a kind of a normal audition process for for Shiv? 
Um, in, in, somewhat, yes. I, uh, I got the uh, self-taped from Australia, and so I um, uh, put something down with my friend uh, at home and was very reticent to do so because I thought, you know, it was out of my league and out of um, possibility of, of me getting it. So I'm, you know, and uh, endlessly grateful to my friend for making me put the tape down. Um, but then... Yeah, they asked if I would come over to do a final self-tape, sorry, final um, screen test in, in the States, and yeah, did it that way. Why didn't you think you would get it? Because uh, I'm just so not, I'm, I'm me personally, as Sarah, is so far from Shiv Roy that I was in this, I don't know how to expand myself to fit that. I don't know if I know what that infinite wealth kind of person is like. I don't know if I like that person. Um, I don't – yeah, it just wasn't in my – I didn't feel like it was comfortably in my wheelhouse. I was just being chicken, you know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just grow up, Sarah. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. We're listening to Linda Holmes' interview with Sarah Snook. Snook plays Shiv on HBO's Succession. In the first season, it often seemed like Shiv was the most normal of her siblings. She's got her brother, Kendall, who is kind of a collapsing mess in the first season. Her brother, Roman, is a, just kind of a dirtball in a lot of ways. Just just really, a, really, really kind of a yeah. dirtball. Yeah, yeah. And her brother, Connor is a weirdo living out in the desert. And she sort of seems like the most healthy person. She's in politics instead of business. What is it like to be in an ensemble where you're maybe playing the closest thing to a normal, healthy person with all these very big kind of nutty things going on all around? It it, it was difficult at first because like in comedy, you have the kind of the buffoon and then the kind of quote unquote, like the straight guy, like the person, the fall guy, the person who's well, the fall guy, he's the person or they're the person who um, they remain the audience's in. Right. I guess, sure. the, the touchstone. And I felt like sometimes I had to be that and yet wanted to be able to lean into or hide behind comedy or all the sort of like the character points that they had that felt bigger that they had to obviously fill and make realistic, but I didn't feel like I had that. So I, I wondered what my point was, I guess. Like, what, what's she doing there? Um, and then realized that it is so much about Shiv is, is observation and watching and being that kind of feline thing going on in the corner, just like mm-hmm. waiting to pounce at the right point. Yeah. And she was, she did always have going for her, I think in terms of, particularly in terms of comedy, her marriage, because you can't <laughs> talk about, you can't talk about Shiv and not talk about Tom. Shiv's husband is, how do we describe Tom? Played by the great Matthew McFadden. How do we play, how do we describe Tom? Well, Tom is a, sycophantic little gnat in a way like he's just he's he's this he's, he's there's so much about him that is slimy and wormy and small and yet it's in the outward casing of Matthew McFadden which is charming handsome beautiful strong tall like all those kinds of leading man qualities and yet right. the character is the opposite in some ways which I I love because He's just such a, you know, he's a brilliant actor and and for him getting a chance to play something so different from what he usually would be cast in or could play, you know, quite easily. Yeah, it's a lot more interesting to sink your teeth into. And Tom, 
I think I think one of the clearest things that that occurred to us in second season was that obviously Tom is a bully because he bullies uh, Greg, and then okay, well bullies usually are being bullied by someone else at home. Okay, well that's probably Shiv. <laughs> All right, well we'll forgive we'll forgive Tom because he's being bullied by Shiv, and sure. then you're like, well Shiv's being bullied by Logan, really. So we'll forgive forgive Shiv that, and then. It just goes up the chain. Everyone yeah. should be nice to each other, but that's not good TV. <laughs> Even more with Succession's Sarah Snook still to come. It's Bullseye for MaximumFun.org and NPR. Welcome back to Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. We're listening back to Linda Holmes' interview with Sarah Snook from 2020. Sarah plays Shiv on the TV drama Succession. The show is currently in its fourth and final season on HBO. There's always a delight to me in finding out that people I think of as really good, like wonderful dramatic actors are are that funny. Yeah. Because Tom, Tom to me is such a, he's such a funny character. And I think Shiv, again, you know, often it's not explicit that she's explicitly hilarious in these scenes with Tom, but the scenes are wonderfully funny. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and so so much about the writers, they calibrate that relationship so well in that uh, it has to still, yes, it is funny and, yes, it is kind of like why is Shiv with Tom, mm-hmm. but it still has to be real. Like we still have to believe, though it's unbelievable, we still have to right. believe it somehow. Right, for sure. So when we talk about comedy, I don't know if Australian audiences are like this at all, but American audiences are – often kind of obsessed with the idea that actors improvise everything and are kind of (laughs) obsessed with the idea that if it seems natural and funny and conversational, the actors must have made it up on the Mm. spot. Mm. Um, Mm. But as I understand it, you do do some improvising on on Succession. We do. We do. But it would be a great disservice and an untruth to, to, to say that it's not written supremely well you know like yeah those writers work for months and then we come in and say yeah we just improvise a lot and <laughs> the writers are like oh my gosh <laughs> no you don't we do where but do you do where do you do the most of that kind of work it seems to be um bookenders like so for instance if we entered a scene and there was like the hellos that would happen at the beginning of a dinner all of that the writers are not going to write that in in sort of very very specific moments because that's the 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 thing that fills the atmosphere around right yes there might be an amazing line that kieran says because he's a very funny man he might say something that's outrageous that <laughs> just makes sense for roman to have said then and that might make the edit and, you know you're using all the colors from the from the palette and you have to kind of fill the out the outside details as well and you know the writers create this really uh tight scaffolding that then you can launch around, I guess. And if improvising comes from it, it's only because they gave you the clues of where to go in the first place. So Shiv's first season kind of builds up to her wedding, which is this very kind of beautiful, theoretically wonderful, special, (laughs) elegant affair. And then Uh you leave Shiv. And when we come back, they've, they've, among other things, really changed the visual presentation of Shiv between seasons. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. They gave you the the haircut heard around the world, I think. <laughs> to the kind of the sleek bob of the the uh, professionally tough woman and changed the wardrobe a lot. 
did that change what it felt like to be Shiv? Definitely. Uh, definitely. And that sort of the confluence of the writing focusing more on what Shiv's sort of ambitious side within family structure. Well, yes, there, there that- is the writing. There is the writing too, yeah. in addition to the hair and pants. <laughs> No, but the which which the you know hair hair and costume knew, so they um, wanted to make sure that that was being reflected visually, and that as an actor that helps enormously because you feel like you're really sitting inside the character. Then that's not um, not so much of a bridge to cross or between you. But I mean, I feel like Shiv is one of those people who she's a box ticker. Uh, you know, she's sort of got her five year plan, her ten year plan, her three month plan. <laughs> like weekly planner Uh Um, and all the goals that she's going to achieve within that. And box ticking in a way is like, right, find the, find the person who in some ways, yes, looks good on paper, but also looks good in photographs um, to marry. Yes. He's a bit of a, but I can control him and he'll, he'll never, you know, I think Logan's very accurate in seven when he says you'll marry a man fathoms beneath you because you're afraid to fail. That's, Ooh, that cuts deep. Uh huh. There's a truth to that, but it doesn't mean that they don't love each other and have a have a way in which they um, relate that is that is meaningful between them. Yeah, yeah. And and then once the wedding's done, it's like right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Moving on, done. It's bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. Sarah Snook, our guest, plays Shiv on HBO's Succession. She's being interviewed by our correspondent Linda Holmes. We come here back to the clip that we played at the top of the show in which Shiv is offered the opportunity to take over the company by her father. Um, If you believe him, she's being offered the chance to take over the company. If you don't believe him, which I never believe him, then it's something (laughs) something else entirely is happening. But she really kind of jumps in and says, yes, I want to do this. Whereas in the Mm -hmm. first season, as we talked about, she had kind of been in politics. She didn't seem she seemed like she was trying to kind of stay away from the family business. Did you feel like that was a big change for her? Or do you think the seeds of that, as you understood that character, were always present for her to want to then reach out and be part of the company? Yeah, I think it's both, to be honest. I think we're really good as humans at at deceiving ourselves, like the things that we can hide from ourselves, even in plain sight. Like you could know something about yourself or know something about what you want, but not really admit it to yourself until it's right there in front of you. And if you don't take this chance now, then it'll never happen again. I think uh, her, in terms of her ambition of politics, yes, that's real. And yes, that's the thing that she had wanted to do and needed to do to prove her own worth to herself as well as to her family. But the moment that it gets offered that she could beat her brothers she could beat the top of the the family like she could there's 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 an optic side of 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 being in that family and at the top of that family in the ceo sort of position that is never going to be un, un unseen by Shiv the you know her entire life like back right. as a seven-year-old as a as a 10-year-old growing yeah. up it would be that's the thing to aim for but if i don't think i'm going to get there i'm not going to reduce myself by aiming for it and failing I'm gonna go somewhere else right and that's like I I love that in, in you know and Jesse said in the first season there was a scene that came up and he was like uh I, I went up to him afterwards and was like do you think that Shiv wants like this doesn't seem to make sense doesn't Shiv want to be the top dog like top job top dog kind of thing and he goes no I don't think so <laughs> huh 
And he may well have known what mm-hmm. he wanted to do for season two. Mm-hmm. But that's genius to tell me that because right. because it hides it from myself even. There's no, right. like, I'm playing, like, you know, an eyebrow going up here exactly. or doing something like that. It's, like, it's so hidden in prismatic yeah. kind of form. Like, yeah. we are as humans doing that. Yeah. That when it comes out, it's just, Yeah. Yeah, because you don't, you he wouldn't want you to be playing to it too much because that's why it surprises suckers like me because you're so surprised by it when she does it. <laughs> and suckers like me. So when he says it, it's like, <gasps> <gasps> and you have to follow what the scene says. And yeah. it seems that she's into this. So, all right, I guess we're going there. Yeah. Make it make sense. We'll wrap up with Sarah Snook in just a minute. Stay with us. It's Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. Are you tired of being picked on for only wanting to talk about your cat at parties? Do you feel as though your friends don't understand the depth of love you have for your guinea pig? When you look around a room of people, do you wonder if they know sloths only have to eat one leaf a month? Have you ever dumped someone for saying they're just not an animal person? Us too. She's Alexis B. Preston. She's Ella McLeod. And we host Comfort Creatures, the show where you can't talk about your pets too much, animal trivia is our love language, And dragons are just as real as dinosaurs. Tune in to Comfort Creatures every Thursday on Maximum Fun. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. We're listening to Linda Holmes' interview with Sarah Snook. Snook plays Shiv on HBO's Succession. I want to talk about the the last episode of the second season, which is, of course, where we left these characters. Family Empire in Crisis, the patriarch Logan was looking for someone who could publicly take the fall. He referred to that lovingly as a, a, a skull to wave um, <laughs> and potentially could wind up in the in legal trouble. The family goes off on a yacht. They have maybe the world's worst brunch where they discuss at length. Who is going to be this, this, oh, God, me too. I call it the Roy family murder breakfast. Um, (laughs) The blood sacrifice. There's this moment when Shiv's brother, Roman, suggests that they give up Tom. And Shiv sort of goes along saying right in front of her husband that he does make a kind of a compelling uh, patsy. And they don't really reach a decision at that time. But later when Shiv and Tom are alone, he tells her that because of that conversation, as well as for some other reasons, he's not... Uh, feeling very confident about their marriage, and she's just devastated. And to me, that's such a curious combination of scenes because she's so cold to him at the at the murder mm. breakfast, and then mm. she's so wounded that he seems to be unhappy. How do you interpret that a, a turn like that between that pair of scenes? Because I know you can either think about it in terms of I want to get at what the writers intend to be going on with Shiv. Mm. Or you can think about it in terms of what do I think as the actor who knows Shiv perhaps the best thinks is going on with Shiv. Is it both? Is it more one than the other? Because to me, that's a really, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what was going on with Shiv. (laughs) I think what I really like about how the writers create is that nothing is ever binary or set in stone. It's all very grayscale in a lot of ways. There's, there's potential for it to go one way or the other or for things to be two things at once. And for Shiv in in that, I think, again, she's so deceptive to herself even that she can be so unfeeling and unkind and then be struck by um, a real moment, by a real um, vulnerability from her husband that cracks her open again and goes, 
hey, 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 remember you're human. <laughs> remember, you know, not everything is a game. Not everything is transactional. Not everything is, you know, in pursuit of a goal like you've been taught. Remember that these are your two humans in a marriage. And there's, I think, that for me made me realize how much she needs him but how much that scares her and how how well she's able to hide that from herself. I think um, hearing that she does make somebody so unhappy that they could <laughs> leave yeah. is so like, uh, I mean, yeah. I don't think she's ever been dumped. You know, I don't think she's, she's, she's that woman who's never been dumped. And if she was, she would say that, well, she's been cheating on him for years, like weeks. Um, you know, like she would, right. she would find a way to get the power back. And in that it's so exposing and so simple. Like I, the happy, I feel the sad I'd feel without you is, is, you know, worse than the, is not as bad as the sad I feel with you. Ouch. I want to, before we let you go, I want to talk about one more. I want to play one more clip, which is also Shiv and Logan. This is um, after, as we just talked about, the Shiv is very cold to Tom, but then she feels very bad about Tom uh, potentially wanting to leave her. And she has a conversation with her father because he is still throwing around the idea of potentially having Tom be the, uh, I don't know, the one who takes the fall. And Shiv here is absolutely at a crossroads and she uh, talks about uh, what they're going to do with Logan, played, of course, by the great Brian Cox. Let's play the clip. I just think that uh, Tom doesn't deserve it. And uh, it doesn't work for the rest of the world. I don't. So... What do you think? Uh, it's the sort of tough choice people need to be able to make. People who would be very senior people. I can't choose that. No. No. Just not... Uh, Oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, oh, so bad. Because he's really directly asking her to be less human in order to be successful in business. Uh-huh. I would hope that society as a general rule is moving to being more human in to be successful in business. I mean, for instance, like, or in policy and government, Jacinda Ardern, her approach to this moment right now would be, I would say, more human and more sort of understanding of humanity, society, that kind you know, being maternal has been thrown around in that sort of sense. I would hope that <laughs> business is sort of moving towards that. But this is like there is direct evidence in in coming from Logan Roy of how otherwise business has operated in, you know, for the last however many years. Well, Sarah Snook, this has been so much fun. Uh, Succession <laughs> is available, HBO, HBO Max, all of your streaming options. You can buy it. You can rent it. You got to catch up with it. It's a lot of fun, Succession. Sarah Snook, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Sarah Snook, interviewed by our friend Linda Holmes. The fourth and final season of Succession is airing on HBO right now. 
Our thanks to Linda for conducting that interview. Linda, of course, is one of the hosts of NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour. You should definitely listen to that wonderful podcast. She is also a novelist. Her most recent novel is called Flying Solo. That's the end of another episode of Bullseye. Bullseye created from the homes of me and the staff of Maximum Fun in and around greater Los Angeles, California. In my producer, Richard Roby's apartment right now, uh, he says somebody is almost certainly doing cartwheels upstairs. Our show is produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our senior producer is Kevin Ferguson. Our producers, Jesus Ambrosio and Richard Roby. Our production fellows at Maximum Fun are Tabitha Myers and Brianna Paz. We get booking help from Mara Davis. Our interstitial music is composed and provided to us by DJW, also known as Dan Wally. Our theme song is by the Go Team. It's called Huddle Formation. Thanks to the Go Team. Thanks to their label, Memphis Industries. Bullseye is on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Find us in those places. Follow us. We will share with you our interviews. I think that's about it. Just remember, all great radio hosts have a signature sign-off. Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR. NPR.